Welcome to Real Assets, Real Expertise, a podcast brought to you by Crestbridge. It's the place where we explore the world of real estate. Introducing your host, Stephanie Workman. You're listening to Real Assets, Real Expertise. Hi there, my name's Steph Workman and welcome to a very special episode of Real Assets, Real Expertise podcast by Crestbridge. Since 2020, Crestbridge has been a member of Real Estate Balance, an organisation working to improve diversity and inclusion in the real estate industry, with over 100 members from across the sector. Its next-gen committee was set up at the end of 2019. The group is formed by Real Estate Balance members in the early stages of their careers who represent the next generation of property professionals, with an aim to deliver Real Estate Balance's objective to develop a diverse pipeline of talent within the industry. Crestbridge are an agile alternative for real estate and private equity administration, accounting and governance solutions for global asset managers, institutional investors and family offices. So today I'm joined by some members of the Real Estate Balance Next Gen Committee and in acknowledgement and celebration of International Women's Day, we'll be shining a light on the issues faced by those that are up and coming in their careers in real estate and sharing those experiences and some solutions, hopefully, for the benefit of our listeners of all levels. If everyone would mind introducing themselves, please, starting with Amelia. Hi, I'm Amelia. Uh, I work in Asset Management in Capital and Counties, which owns Covent Garden. Um, I've been in the industry for three and a half years and I've been RICS qualified for about a year and a half now. Prior to that, I did a master's in real estate at Reading and an undergrad in geography at Queen Mary's University of London. Thanks, Amelia. Carolyn, would you mind letting us know? Hi, I'm Carolyn Milligan. I am a senior associate at Herbert Smith Freehills. I am a commercial real estate lawyer um, and I've actually been in the industry for 13 years now, which I can't believe. Patricia? Uh, Hi, my name is Patricia. I'm an investment associate at British Land. Uh, Definitely haven't had the experience that Carolyn has. I've been in the industry only for about four years Um, and before doing investments, I was in the strategy team where I started my career. Shola? Hi, I'm Shola. I am an Associate Director at ABC Young in the Real Estate Management team. Um, just thinking about it, I've actually been in the industry for about um, six years now, um, so quite, quite a long time, I would say. <laughs> and great. Uh, last but no means least, Sophie. Hi, I'm Sophie and I'm a marketing professional with over three years in the real estate industry. I work for Canary Wharf Group's residential leasing arm, Virtus, managing marketing campaigns and events for our build-to-rent buildings. So, this year's International Women's Day, the theme is Breaking the Bias. What does this mean to you, Carolyn? So for me, um, I've got a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And so for me, breaking the bias is about breaking the bias around working mothers. I think too often you get presented with this idea of these kind of perfect women who have these amazing careers and beautiful families that are all picture perfect and it all runs really, really smoothly. I think based on my own personal experience, that's quite far from the reality. I think the combination of juggling work and a family is incredibly hard. Um, things don't go to plan and you need a lot of support to make it to make to make it work. I think just knowing that and, and for women to talk about that and kind of accept that that's the reality, I think makes life a lot easier for other people who are kind of looking and seeing, you know, how, how am I going to do this? How am I going to make it work? 
I think one of the things that Real Estate Balance has done and that, that I was involved with setting up is a, a parent returners network because I think one of the really challenging parts is coming back to work after maternity or parental leave and slotting back into the workforce and, and kind of adjusting back. Um, and the idea behind the Parent Returners Network is to provide support to women and men who are coming back, um, meeting people who are in the same position as them, can share ideas, support each other, just acknowledge that it's that it's hard, um, but then also sort of create a network and, and, and peers within the industry. And particularly, it's helpful, I think, to have people from outside your own organisation that you can talk to. I think I've been quite fortunate that there are quite a few people within my organisation that are at the same stage of life as me. And I know that isn't always the case, particularly if you work for a smaller company. I also think it's really important to break the bias that, that, that women have to do everything alone. I think there's, again, there's a real idea that um, you've got to, you've got to be it and do it all yourself, um, and I think that lack of lack of support is one of the really big reasons that women end up leaving the industry. And I think you need support outside work. And for me, that's my amazing husband, but that could be a partner, or it could be friends, or it could be your family. But then you also need support inside work from from your employer, from your boss, from the colleagues you work with to make to make it work in practice. Um, and I think. In terms of what employers can do and people that you work with can do, I think there's, there's a lot that can be done. And quite often it doesn't cost anything. It's just kind of small adjustments to work to make it to make it uh, much more feasible. So things that I've personally found really helpful are having having a network of people who are in a similar position to me, having when I came back to work being offered a teaching saying okay look things have moved particularly after the pandemic things have really moved on this is the new software that we're all using or here's the you know the changes in the law that's been incredibly helpful and um, having things like um just people thinking about what time they hold a meeting and making sure that it works works for everyone and not holding it at a time that you know it's harder harder for other people to to join um and also things like um, I think the pandemic's really helped in that being able to work from home at least sometimes makes a real difference to kind of juggling the being a parent and and the kind of dealing with childcare. I think the last thing that's that's really helping is the um, encouraging more men to take paid parental leave because I think that again that sort of changes the mindset because I think if fathers are taking kind of more of an active role from an early early stage that means that for women the load is shared rather than it being their kind of sole sole job. So another barrier that some women face is a fear of speaking up and advocating for their progression for fear of appearing like too pushy or um, you know too you hear the word aggressive being used sometimes. Um, Shola what's your experience with this and do you have any solutions that our listeners might find useful? So yeah, that's that's definitely very relevant in terms of um, not wanting to sound pushy or what not wanting to sound aggressive, um, which personally I'm always very conscious of. Um, so when I'm sat in a boardroom with people, um, I do have ideas. There's so many things running in my head, but um, there is this fear of one saying the wrong thing. And I think again and I've, I've, I've discussed it with a few colleagues before, it's this imposter syndrome, because you're sat in a boardroom with certain people, you feel like, oh, am I actually supposed to be here? 
I do, and then you reassure yourself. This is all in your head, by the way. You reassure yourself to say you've worked very hard to be here. So yeah, you can be in here, but watch what you say. You can't be this. You can't see anything wrong. And I think again, it all just falls within that imposter syndrome um, um, matter, where you do, you know, you've worked hard to be there. There is no, um, there is no consequence or anything, and you should obviously encourage. But I think. The reason behind this is if you do say the wrong things, because sometimes you will make mistakes, certain things will come out that you're not supposed to say it, you can have the wrong idea, but it's just this idea that you can't afford to be wrong, you can't afford Mm. to make mistakes. If you make mistakes, you will be, especially being a a person, a minority in a boardroom, you will be tagged as that person that made the mistake and where the error in and I I personally again this is a personal issue for me I personally have this um, reason in my head that if I make a mistake or if something happens I've I've ruined it for every other minority person in the industry and then it's not going to be a thing anymore and I've just you know completely lacked it and and no that's not true this is all Mm -hmm. in my head but not that the industry has made us feel this way or you know going into 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 the professional world as a woman Mm. you just have this questions you just have so many doubts within yourself um and i think breaking the bias is just alluding to what caroline said it's for me in terms of trying to not to in in terms of the fear of speaking up and things like that it we do have to break that bias because again and i don't know if anyone has any idea on this i feel like a lot of this a, a lot of women put upon themselves as a result of what the professional uh, world dictates. I think it's women at all levels as well. Uh, you know, I've heard women of very, very senior positions still experience that in certain situations where they're doubting their own knowledge. And, um, you know, so I think it's certainly heightened when you're just starting out in the industry. Um, and sometimes, you know, we are the only woman in the room where, or we may be the only minority in, in the room. And, you know, having that confidence to speak up. And sometimes I'm not sure that our male com- counterparts have that or the same level of those doubts and the, those things holding them back and saying, oh, what will they think of me if I just say this, you know? One of the things um, I always wanted to understand as well is if the... Because me- I'm thinking all, all of this is running through my head during a <laughs> board meeting. wonder what's going on in the, you know, the, the, the male's counterparts. Are they thinking, oh, she better not say the wrong thing? Because as far as they're aware... They're just getting on with their day, trying to just get on with the meeting as well. But we, we have all this million things running through our heads. That's why I feel probably mm. a, a female thing. I don't know if anybody else. Perhaps, does. yeah. Solutions wise, do you think that's that's quite a critical solution? Then is being mindful that the people in the room are not sat there preempting, you know, us saying the wrong thing or embarrassing ourselves or. You know, they're not there to be critical of us. They're there to just get on with their job. Sometimes like, being mindful of that, I find to be quite helpful. Yeah, um, definitely, I agree. Um, I, I, I do completely agree with that. I don't know if anybody else has any input in terms of how they feel like they can, <laughs> they cannot you know, put the, all of this in their head and just know that it's no one else is really thinking about you. Yeah. You're the one thinking about yourself in that manner. And just reassure yourself, I guess. Amelia, I know that the Next Gen Committee, they run the speed mentoring classes or sessions, um, which have some very senior um, industry leaders offering mentorship advice um, 
in in short increments of time so you can go and approach these people and and get some real value out of them could you speak to perhaps the importance of of mentorship within the industry uh yeah so real estate balances um speed mentoring has been it's probably what it's most famous for in terms of events because it's something that gets repeated used to be once or twice a year and now there's just demand to do it even more and it just provides young people an opportunity to speak to people who aren't usually available to them for a chat or for coaching and guidance but I think what's really great about mentoring is that it's it's not a one-way street I think a lot of people see it as something that just benefits a mentee and I mean of course it benefits a mentee massively with you know skills and uh, coaching and confidence boosts but also mentors learn leadership skills they learn different things about the industry that they might not know before um, and and they get a different perspective on things too so I think it really is a two-way street and not just for uh, mentees and mentee, mentees and mentors as employees but for employers it, there's benefits in it too there's uh, talent retention is another one that I, I think the more the wider the network you have and the more support you have, the more likely you are to stay in your role. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think there's so many benefits of mentoring. It's so important. And what's great about the Real Estate Balances Speed Mentoring is it gives young people the opportunity to meet with a few different people within a small space of time. So you're not always going to click with everyone. Not everyone's going to be the right mentor or mentee for you, but you get the opportunity to meet a lot of different people in a short space of time, whether it's your allocated slots that you're speaking to different people with or even the networking afterwards. It's just... It's unparalleled, I think, in terms of giving people that opportunity. Definitely. I found it to be really helpful when I've sat in on a couple of the sessions. And I found what you said there really interesting, actually, about the fact that it's helpful for the mentors as well, because they might find themselves encountering people from different walks of life or different parts of the industry. And again, the whole premise of diversity is having that well-rounded view and, and insights from different people that are different from your own. Um, so yeah, that's fantastic actually. uh, Thanks for uh, drawing my attention to that. And I think that the more that that is, uh, emphasized, you'll probably get even more take up from your mentors, Amelia. Um, has anyone else got any insights into the importance of mentorship they'd like to add? I was just going to say, I think it does really help bridge the gap because there's obviously, I think the level of diversity coming in at the next gen level is dramatically improving compared to what it has been but I think it will take time for those people to progress to seeing the position so helping bridge that gap and and kind of progress I think makes a real difference and and Sophie were you going to add something in there um I, I just kind of to echo what Amelia and Karen touched on but for me where I've seen benefit of mentorship is finding someone who's out who sits outside of your team so someone who can completely be objective to your um, job role um, and background I think some companies definitely throughout lockdown I noticed a few companies bring in the idea of reverse mentoring as well which is again something completely separate to your day-to-day work but more about the relationships between your diverse colleagues um, and people 
who are in your company who may not have even thought of how their background might impact the way they are perceived at work or how comfortable they feel um, in and around the office as well. Mm. Yeah, that's such a good point. I think that um, just to add to that, the importance of making sure that your mentor that you're kind of paired with is the right fit for you because mentorship can be as informal or as formal as you like. You can keep it to a you know a half an hour to an hour coffee or it can be something a lot more diarized on a quarterly basis it's what you make of it and that looks differently for everyone so when I went on the speed mentoring um, session run by real estate balance next gen I was uh, paired with the MD of a globally integrated real estate and investment group in late 2020 so it's first year of lockdown and everything and I asked her being when you know what to do when you're in the situation where the only woman in the room and sometimes you're the most junior and she said to me um you know she gave some excellent advice and she said make sure you don't fade into the background make sure you speak up and say something and contribute to the meeting so that you're seen and that that's not about dominating um the air or you know but it's just making sure that people know that you're there and you're not quietly sort of fading into the background of the meeting, which I thought was fantastic advice. And just to have that permission to do so from someone so senior is really validating and encouraging. Um, so moving slightly on, uh, and but kind of a little bit of crossover here. Patricia, have you ever experienced being the minority in, in a work or boardroom situation? And how have you handled it? Um Oh, I think, honestly, this question does go hand in hand with my role because sometimes the investment world can feel like an old boys club, to be honest. Um, And it kind of goes really well with what you were telling the story beforehand because probably that was the biggest mistake that I've done when I started my career. And to put things into context, I started in a team that was led by women, mostly women, completely international. We barely had any English or British people. So I had fantastic role models going in. Um, You know, like Caroline said, women that were not only advancing in their career, but they had uh, families at home and they were showing that everything is possible. So, you know, you had the best examples to kind of guide you. So I never really felt like minority when I started and in my mind I was always like oh I have plenty of perfect example I wouldn't fall into kind of the mistakes that other people do and I found myself without doing it without realizing and it was in a, a huge meeting room um, I think one of our suppliers came in to pitch something to us and I was by far the most junior person I think everyone in the room had at least a head off attached to their role um, and it was me there as a graduate starting just from university having no idea what's going on and I entered this massive boardroom and I could clearly see there are not enough chairs so in my mind what do I do is I go and I sit on a bench on the side because in my mind I was thinking oh of course there's going to be someone more important that is going to need that chair and be at the table now I think if I if I didn't have the luck of having amazing managers maybe I would have sat there the entirety of the meeting and probably didn't say a word 
but I'm lucky enough that my manager kind of pulled me aside and be like, no, 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 you're sitting at the table, and if someone needs a chair, they're going to go outside and go to the room next to them, and they're going to get a, another chair, and that's fine. And I think having those people in those rooms where they call out this behavior is so helpful. And, uh, you know, I've seen things, small things like women often offering to make coffees for everyone in the room, something that a man would never do. Mm-hmm. And again, having a really senior women on a, a executive positions, calling you out on it really does mm. make a difference. Um, and it, it's funny because when, when I was thinking like, oh my God, I'm falling into that behavior, even though I have plenty of incredible women as mentors and as examples, I was already thinking, what do you do when you don't see those women every single day? Mm. It's so much harder to kind of break those stereotypes. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I kind of got into the investment world, Again, a team that is 50-50 men and women, led by an incredible woman. Um, and um, unfortunately, majority of the external events or external meetings we have on deals are still led by men. I remember one of my colleagues was telling me it took an entire year for her to see a woman in a deal meeting. And that is almost outrageous, if you ask me now. Um, but you go to men these industry events. And as a woman, especially as a young woman, you are almost always faced by a room full of men um, and often very old, very in more senior positions. So it's very easy to be um, quite almost put into a corner and you feel like, um, yeah, it's it's not the best place for you. Um, so I definitely, I can, I can definitely relate to that. But I do think things are changing in the industry. And I think places like Real Estate Balance and uh, here, you can actually see women, you can get into contact with mentors that are, are completely outside of your organization and I think we also see it in for example in the agency world where more agencies are coming now with 50-50 recruitment policies which Mm. I think massively will change the diversity of the future generation that gets into this industry and I think I also see more companies calling out their suppliers on their Mm. uh, on their recruitment policies I remember this one time where my manager I think we're working with this company and I think every single meeting she was was pestering them for never bringing a woman to a meeting room or actually seeing even an email coming out of <laughs> from a woman until they actually start hiring more women into their team mm. and I think those things actually do make a huge difference. Um, well it's such a fundamental point isn't it? It's a diverse business is a more profitable a more successful business for so many reasons and changing those perceptions of it being, you know, a box ticking exercise or I think ultimately with the younger generations coming up, they want to see change going forward and they want to see, you know, as clients, when they walk into the room to deal with their suppliers, they want to see people from all works, walks of life and they want to see a team that reflects their business as well. So if there's not a matchup, it's not going to really work long term. Um but I find it really interesting what you said there, Patricia, about these things, you know, like um, organising Christmas parties and, you know, the sandwich run and serving coffees at meetings and things. It's, it's us women, it's uh, something that we tend to put our hands up to do because we think that we're being helpful. But actually, no one's asked us to do that and it's not within our job role. So, but how fantastic that you have had colleagues and seniors along the way that have said, come and sit at this table, you're important. And 
I mean, the more of that, the better, please. I think last year was uh, last year's theme was choose to challenge, was it? I'd love to see more of that. How, how about you guys? Do you have any insights into this kind of experience? Well, I was actually going to ask for Patricia, which is really good. You know, it's it's more of that. We definitely need more. But um, I think in terms of breaking the bias and having, in our generation, I don't know if anyone else agrees, that we've got senior women who would stand up for us. In your case, like like, like you said, Patricia. Um, do we have to wait for senior women to wait for? Why can't, what, can we have those conversations? Do you, can a graduate say, well, yeah. well I think you should sit here as well. Do we have to wait to get to that a certain position before we can say, yes, I, I need to say something? Mm. Or do we just it's having the confidence and conviction of knowing that you're just as much right to be there as everyone yes. else. And... <laughs> Need management, graduate level, whatever level. One hundred percent. Get to there, or I think I think that's a fantastic point, and it kind of almost relates also back to the idea of mentorship. And it's amazing to have mentors that show you the way, but it's even more amazing to have people that sponsor you, that put you forward. And I think often that is forgotten in this industry is yes it does matter when you speak out and you congratulate someone but the idea of hey can I give this opportunity to a woman to do this that's something we definitely need to see more of and whether it's a graduate or whether it's someone that is executive it almost doesn't matter at that level Mm. quite right they're not going to become senior until you have those opportunities along the way to showcase and to learn the skills that aren't necessarily your day-to-day skills but are all the extra ones that you'll have to learn along the way I think also the idea of um, having you know you Patricia in particular having the benefit of incredible women around you to help break that bias or question things that shouldn't really be status quo we also still need I think men in those conversations as well it takes everyone to kind of challenge what what shouldn't really be happening a hundred percent a hundred percent uh, we definitely can't. We I almost don't want to ever put anything as a woman's issue. It's a gender issue, and if we, we if we put anything in the stereotype of oh it's a woman's problem, then it's never going to be fixed because you're only addressing fifty percent of the population. We need to find a way that we work all together to. It's almost like also how Caroline was talking about maternity. It's not just going to be how do women fit back in but can you also think about shared parental leave um, at the same time how do we address this together you're so right Sophie it is a it's it's a gender issue and I think that it goes back to the fundamental point of diversity having a diverse business being a successful business being a profitable business as soon as that message is conveyed I'm pretty sure we get engagement <laughs> from the senior people within the organizations who may or may not be a little bit more slow to um getting with the the times um but yeah i'm definitely seeing a lot more um of the seniors within my organization definitely super engaged super um supportive encouraging of um you know taking steps within my career that you know, a few years ago, I wouldn't have really felt confident enough to do it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's about having those sponsors. They're not quite mentors, but they're like people behind the scenes who want to see you succeed. And that's that's men and women, right? So the, uh, we've already touched on this a little bit, but I would love to hear from Sophie about 
you know, another branch of this experience is imposter syndrome, which a lot of women face um, along any stage of their career. We've touched on it earlier on. Do you have any experience of feeling imposter syndrome? Do you have any tips for handling that, Sophie? Um, Yes, I do have that experience. I think think at one point in your career, no matter what industry, you'll doubt your skills and accomplishments. And um, having imposter syndrome isn't necessarily a weakness. I remember listening to it was another podcast um, or a webinar, and I can't remember the exact statistic but a a lot of people do suffer from it and many people have come out to say they have it or have had imposter syndrome so the likes of Michelle Obama to Helen Mirren um I think for me being on furlough in lockdown didn't really help with that because I lost a bit of confidence and that I didn't have well I felt like for a good couple of months I didn't really have a purpose the first couple of weeks were absolutely lovely don't get me wrong it was nice to have a break um but then I started to question what my skill set was or why I was on furlough versus someone else on my team and it, it wasn't a, a personal reason it was just that was the business requirements um but within lockdown I kind of took stock and just asked myself some questions I had a really um supportive manager so she helped me get in touch with a coach um and then that coach just gave me lots of different tips and advice and remember one of the conversations we had was um I remember her saying to me you know if we all had the same skill set then we'd all be doing the same thing and we'd all be sitting in the same room and there wouldn't be any diversity of thought and you kind of have to remind yourself that you're there for a reason you were employed and have a particular skill set um so just being confident in yourself and assured in in what you know even though you might not be the most qualified person in the room or most senior that there is a reason you've been invited to that meeting um even if you are questioning yourself so yeah in terms of well for me anyway if for getting over imposter syndrome there are a couple of tips i would recommend or try and share my knowledge at least with other people so one of them of which is to find a mentor which I think most people on this podcast has they've already mentioned um but that mentor can help provide a more objective view of your progress and they can push you forward for things within your company that you probably or may not have even considered doing whether that be volunteering or um going for coffee or linking you up with someone else within the business Mm. um and obviously the next gen um, speed mentoring has been covered already, but that's another way of trying to get get your foot in the door if you don't have someone within your company that can dedicate the time to you. Definitely. I agree with you, Sophie. I think that, um, you know, having those contacts within your organisation who may have seen you in action in other capacities, like doing your day job, and they might point out to you stuff that you've not realised about yourself before, like, Sophie did you know you were really good at this you should do more of this you know and having and and that kind of is quite um reassuring and reinforces those that confidence and and that behavior touching on what you said before about uh you know having the confidence to know that you're bringing something different to the table for everyone else um yeah that's such a good point totally agree with you and it, it might be that I mean you mentioned it before with your mentor that um like some of some of it is about faking it till you make it so if you're really not 
confident in the room it is pushing yourself to say speak three times in a meeting or share opinions and present ideas where you don't normally feel comfortable but you know you have to kind of push yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit oh absolutely I've uh, I must say pre-lockdown pre-pandemic I wasn't racing to host podcasts and <laughs> <laughs> moderate panels but again it's having that support and people who believe in you to push yourself out of your comfort zone and go for it it's it's incredible the difference and I don't think we would have done it unless we were all together so I think there's a real power to the things you're not you don't want to do by yourself take someone with you 100%. and do it together mm-hmm. fantastic I guess one final thing is because I know that everyone you'll get feedback or ask for feedback if you don't get it but um one thing a friend of mine said that she started doing in her when she started a new job was create a winning folder I don't know if anyone else has got one of those or started but it's like saving emails or evidence of successes from those small wins like big ticks if you can create a folder with your within your inbox and open it if you ever question yourself or doubt yourself that's quite nice to read nice words I like that a lot and asking for feedback as well when you know that you've done a good job or you've given it your all Mm-hmm. asking for that feedback ask for a paragraph on yourself pop that in your winning folder I love that idea that's great <laughs> I think as well that is a big part of it um, changing your mindset on mistakes and how you view mistakes it's it's something that everyone makes and actually you grow the most from those times where you make a mistake and you think what would I do differently next time um, how am I going to learn from this I think quite a lot of the time the times you end up coming out stronger or you grow the most and learn the most and therefore progress the most is sometimes when you do make a mistake or when something does go wrong so I think it's just about as hard as it is to do embracing those times where things go a bit pear-shaped and you make those mistakes. Um, I, I was thinking, as literally what Emily said, it's so important. And I had um, someone in the office give me such a good piece of advice, which was if you're ever going for a role and you tick all the boxes, you're probably setting your standards too low. Um, that and is I think so often, true. often it goes hand in hand that men tend to apply for jobs that um, they don't tick all the boxes, but women wouldn't. Um, and I think also that feeds into that idea of imposter syndrome, but we just don't tend to take as much um, chance on things. So often it's yeah. go well. It is. It's important to move through life boldly and uh, push yourself and challenge yourself. And yeah, there's that, there is that space, you know, where our male counterparts might oversell their abilities this isn't me being critical this is um proven in research and there's a disparity between that and women underselling themselves and their abilities so we kind of need to get to that middle ground of of kind of talking ourselves up a bit more so that we're not sat with a double gap (laughs) between uh, ourselves and and our male counterparts so it's just getting comfortable with doing it as well I know it makes everyone feel a bit awkward saying how great they are all the time but gets easier the more you do it and um, sometimes you've just got to self-advocate any other points before we close off no well that just leads me to say thank you so so much I've thoroughly enjoyed this today it's been such a lovely open and supportive discussion Um, if you'd like to know more about real estate balance and their next gen committee you can find them on realestatebalance.org and on LinkedIn Um, thanks for joining us and uh, see you next time 
You've been listening to Real Assets, Real Expertise, a podcast from Crestbridge, presented by Stephanie Workman. To find more episodes of our podcast, go to our website, crestbridge.com, or where you usually download your podcasts. For more information on how Crestbridge can provide a range of services to support your real estate structures, visit our website, www.crestbridge.com realassetsrealexpertise.com